When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Allison. Yes. How are you doing? Well, thank you. You were absent last week. <laughs> I did get a requisite tardy slip, so. Oh, do, do you have yeah. A, a... Yeah, I have an excuse. A doctor's note? Was I sleeping? <laughs> I might have been sleeping. Okay. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> Very high. I got many, many emails asking where you were. No, you didn't get one. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's fine. This is people do care. People consider your snark an essential part of the Strange Familiars recipe. On tonight's show, I'm going to be talking with Mark, who's got a variety of stories for us. Mystery lights, a UFO flap that centers around his girlfriend's father's death, which is very interesting. A giant metal bat. And then he's got this account, which is really intense when he was younger, of these screams and howls that were outside of his window that he said he didn't know what they were until he heard the Sierra sounds. Ooh. And then he said, oh, that's what it was. He had people from work come over. He said one of the guys was on his knees crying, begging him to shut the window. Because of the noises? Yeah. But the other guy was like laughing at him saying, this is what you're afraid of? So it's like they were hearing two different things. 
Was it, or was it just like that much more disturbing to one I person than another? Is this yeah, the I kind of thing know. where you look at and one person sees the black Bigfoot and one person sees the white Bigfoot? Yeah, I don't and know. And one person sleeps through it and the other person is abducted. Yeah, I don't know. Mark's got a bunch of other stories as well. Really, really interesting. Before we get to that, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. You make Strange Familiars possible. We could not do Strange Familiars without you. If you like what we do and you'd like to support us and help us make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly shows, plus two full extra episodes every month, exclusive to our patrons. Again, if you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and hear my talk with Mark. All right, tonight we're talking with Mark, who has a lot of really, really cool experiences to share with us. I'm really excited to get your experiences down for Strange Familiars. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, Tim? I'm doing all right. So when did this stuff start for you? When did you realize like the world was a little bit weirder than most people think? Or a lot weirder? A lot weirder. Okay. When I was five, I almost got struck by a lightning bolt. And uh, I, I like felt the power of the energy. It was like five feet away, and I could always like my whole life, I can feel it right now. Like the the energy of the electricity just coursing through my veins still from that moment when I was a kid. It's crazy. I was just editing a show tonight. It'll probably be this week's show, where a woman talked about she had a bunch of experiences, but they happened after lightning struck about five feet away from her. What? Yeah, and I was telling her, I was just setting this tonight. This is the first time that's come up other than my buddy Chad. He had lightning strike a tree. He didn't see it. It had already struck the tree. It was on The tree was on fire. And then he had his experience where he got screamed at in the woods. Lightning has come up. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. just thought it was interesting because I was just editing that tonight. Another story of lightning. I had an out-of-body auto experience when I was a little kid. I, like, floated out of my body, and I was like, Connected by a silver chain in my belly button, and I really? asked the pastor of my church about that. Yes, I had no idea that any of this was a thing, and I was probably like eight or nine, and I remember like kind of like waking up next to myself and just like looking at myself and floating up and looking down at myself, and I was up above like my ceiling, and it was like a void. But I don't, I'm trying to remember what color. There was like a light there. It was like blue or green or something. But there, I was like floating in a fuzzy space of like some sort of a like colored dark light, and I was looking down at my body, and there was a chain in my belly button connecting me to my body down there. Wow! But I see, I've, I've just got all this stuff that I think could be easily just written off by by skeptic. I, I'm my heart of skeptic, man. Like I wouldn't believe this stuff unless I unless it happened to me, and all this stuff happened to me, and I know it's real, and so I have no problem saying it, no matter how crazy it sounds. But uh, the silver chain thing was nuts. Let me just get back to the cool stories. I, I was just doing a backstory there. Um, let's get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start with the Bragg Road lights? Sure. Okay. So we live really close to Houston. We're about 30 miles north of Houston, and the Bragg Road is about 45 minutes north of us. And my wife grew up around there, and she told me that she'd seen it before when she was a kid. People used to go there. So we went there, and I wasn't really expecting too much. You know, I wanted, my, I had high hopes, but we drive down the road at night, and up ahead in the distance, I see like, it's like a blue candle. 
like a blue candlelight, just kind of like on the road. If they're so far up ahead, it, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. So I stop the car, I get out of the car, I turn the lights off, and I start walking towards it a little bit. And a car pulls in behind us. I, I see it coming down the road. I see the lights coming. And they also stop and turn their lights off. And I'm watching. I, I think that they see the same thing that, that I'm seeing. And I'm looking. And my light disappears up ahead. And I turn around. And that car behind me is gone. Oh. There's no way that this car could have turned around. The road's too small. I would have seen them turning. I would have seen the brake lights, the reverse lights. I would have seen all that stuff. I don't know how. It's just a, a silly little Bragg Road ghost story, but that that was crazy. But you went there to see the lights. Yes, yeah, I went you, there to see the lights. You saw a light. I saw but, the light. Yeah, I saw a light. Yeah, and then like a ghost car pulled in behind us, and I, I didn't hear it. It was still kind of far away. And I was my, my my focus was on the blue candlelight looking thing up ahead of us, and after it disappeared. I turn around like, oh my gosh, you know, did you guys see that too sort of thing? And there's nobody back there. Wow. So my wife and I, we drove up ahead to where we saw the blue light. And I didn't see anything, but I mean, the woods were super quiet and silent over there. But I know, that means nothing. But in any case, sorry if I'm being my own skeptic and it's being a little hard on you here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. But it really was freaking crazy, man. There's no way that the car could have turned around. There's absolutely no possible way that they could have driven around me or gotten out of there without me seeing. Right, yeah. Over time, I think it was just more Bragg Road ghost lights. Any of these places where there's you know reported weird stuff, I'm not terribly surprised when other weird stuff happens around it. It just They seem to go hand in hand. So Dayton, Texas is pretty rural. It is mainly just podunk farm country. But it's right next to where they had the Cash Landrum 1980 UFO incident where some people were burned in their car by the radiation from the UFO as it flew over them. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. It's really close by over there. So when I was dating my my ex, we were living at a trailer over there in Dayton, Texas. And her father was dying of lung cancer. He was inside of the trailer. I remember that he had a few weeks to go, and we were outside. Just enjoying the night, and you know, my ex was smoking cigarettes while her dad's inside dying of lung cancer. But so we're outside, and like underneath the trailer, I kept seeing like little blue flashes, and off like by the woods over there. I thought it was just my imagination at first, but then a blue flash was like really close to us underneath us because we're sitting on the steps of the trailer. <laughs> I looked at her, I was like, Did you see that? She's like, Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, Man, I was just thought it was my imagination at first, but I've been seeing this for a while now. And we saw these little blue flies. So we were, we're looking for the blue orbs all over the place. Like, man, this is cool. They just like, kind of like blip up. But it was so so bright that it would light up underneath the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like you could see like, like not like a camera flash or anything like that, you know, but it was a quick little burst of bright blue light. And we were sitting there on the porch just like looking at the sky or whatever, looking for, for orbs. And above a tree that's about 50 feet away from us, it's about a 30-foot tall tree, it's right above the tree. There's this orange ball of light, just magical light, just manifesting. And it slowly builds into like, I don't know, like a soccer ball or like a basketball size. And it, it takes like about like 30 seconds for it to like start glowing. And like, you, like we could really see it. It was like a big atom or something. Mm-hmm. It had like a nucleus. <laughs> 
slowly this thing starts to move across the lawn about 30, 35 feet up. And as it's moving slowly across the lawn, you can see like little ethereal, like dissipating, like light, like embers. But it's, it's not, not fire. This isn't fire. It's like, how do I put this? It was a will of the wisp <laughs> okay. for all intents and purposes. Yeah, this was a will of the wisp that we saw. And so it slowly just moved across from one side of the lawn to the other. And as it went, it was leaving like the, the ephemeral trails behind it. And it just dissipated and disappeared like into nothingness after like 50 or 60 or 75 feet, something like that, you know, but like this whole thing probably took close to two minutes for this mm-hmm. whole episode to transpire. But me and her were just, just mouths wide open. I mean, we just could not believe what we just saw. It, it was incredible. I mean, just blew our minds. Okay. Just, Oh my gosh. You know, I, I was, I was so excited. I was telling her about all this stuff. And as we're talking and looking up in the sky, I mean, we're really close to Bush Intercontinental Airport. That's in Humble. It's really close by to Kingwood over there where I'm from. And Dayton's really close to that. So off in the distance, like way up ahead, it looked like there was a plane. You know, there are planes landing uh, here all the time. We're right by the airport, so we see them coming in the trajectory. So it looked like it was just a plane way in the distance. But, like, we've been out there for, like, 45 minutes looking at stuff, and then I asked her if she thought that was a plane because it looks like it's taken a really long time to come this way. And she's like, yeah, I thought it was a plane too. And we're studying this thing, and we realize it's not a plane. It's like a pyramid shape. It's like a triangle with a curve on one side, and it had like three like jellyfish tentacles hanging down. And I say jellyfish because like, the way this thing was like moving in the sky was kind of like pulsating around, like the way a, a jellyfish propel itself to the water, a, a squid almost, like... Yeah, it, it had like a like a pumping like, like motion, and we could see like balls of light coming down from it, like coming down to the earth. I mean, we were just like, "Oh my god!" This would happen. So this is right after seeing that yes. will of the wisp orbs, will of the wisp UFO, and this thing is dancing. It's putting on a show for us. So we get in the car because it looks like it's pretty close. Like it's above like the city of Dayton. We're like in like the country. So, oh man, let's drive over there. So we get in the car and we drive over there. And it's escaping us. It's eluding us. It's, like, keeping our attention. It's, it's leading us down, like, really far. We must have driven, like, 30 miles. We drove to Baytown that night. It wasn't 30 miles, but we, we drove to, practically to Baytown that, that night, and it's pretty far away. But this thing, it went so far off in the distance, it looked like it was a star. And at this point, we were just like, let's turn around, let's go home. It was freaking, like, 3 in the morning at this point. It was really, really late. So... We headed home, and on the way back, it starts following us, hmm. and it got all big again. It wow. wasn't like a tiny little star way off in the distance anymore. It was a big, huge pyramid thing following us again. It scared the shit out of us. You know, we, we got back to the house. Sorry, it scared us pretty bad. It scared us pretty bad, and we got back to the to the trailer, and there it was again, just in all its glory. We had some crappy cell phone cameras back then because this was like 2007. They didn't capture it. It, it. it looked like nothing on the, on the cell phone cameras. Yeah, I know that frustration. I know that frustration. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. It was a, a crazy encounter. So as we're looking at this thing way over there in the distance, we see what looks like like a, like a meteor. I saw this one meteor shower when I was like in the sixth grade, and the meteors were coming from one side of the horizon all the way over, my, over our heads to the other side of the horizon. So I was like, oh, hey, look at this shooting star meteor 
it was orange, and it was way in the distance. It was coming straight up over our heads, not very fast. And when it got close to us, it wasn't high up off the ground at all. This thing was like 400 feet. And I could see it was a small a ship. It was like a big seed shape. It didn't have like wings or anything, but it was like kind of like round. And but it, it kind of had like a almost like a stingray shape to it. Like it reminded me of like a like a stingray or something. But it had a cockpit, and I could see a little pilot in the cockpit. The little thing looked panicked, like the ship was crashing, and he couldn't stop it. And there was orange fire coming off this thing, or uh, orange. It was I said fire. It was very similar to the Will of the Wisp that we saw just earlier that night. This orange dissipating, like, ghost fire or whatever it was, disappeared more rapidly than the Will of the Wisp. This okay. was like, yeah. But, but it, it was it kind of leaving a trail behind it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It was right over our heads, like 400 feet. I ran around the trailer to look around the other side, and I saw it disappear in the horizon on the other side. It was probably a... Uh, about a minute and a half, two minutes of, of watching this whole experience. And in the same night that all that other stuff happened. This is the same night. Exact same night. Wow. All that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so this UFO, I drew it. There was a rent-a-cop at the place that I was managing at the time. I showed it to him. He didn't believe me. He was like, I, I, you know, I'm going to bring my, my telescope tomorrow night. You know, blah, blah, blah. We'll get a good look at this thing. And he did. And he was like, what the hell is this? He was calling it calling his other cop buddies over the cop radio or whatever, you know? <laughs> Ask them, hey, do you guys see this? You know, oh, sorry. It's hey, right. do you guys see this? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to cuss him. Don't I'm worry sorry. about it. Don't worry about it. Just okay. talk naturally. Don't worry about that. Okay. So the rent-a-cop was looking at it through his telescope. I looked at it through the telescope, too, and it looked awesome. It was bright around the edges. You couldn't see the inside of, like, the triangle part. I know it's not a very good drawing, but that's what we saw. You saw the same thing the following night. Not just the following night. I saw it for almost about two weeks. It would show up, wow. and I would point it out to as many people as I I'd be driving down the road at a red light, and I could see it, and I rolled down the window and tell the guy next to me on a motorcycle, like, hey, man, you ever seen a UFO? No, man. Like, Look right there, man. Now's your chance. What is it? I'd be at, like, at a drive-thru, a jack-in-the-box, and I could see it. And like, I got out, and I was telling the people in the car behind me, like, hey, man, look at that. There's a UFO. And then when I got to the drive-thru, it was like, hey, look over there. There's a UFO. Everybody I possibly could, I was trying to point wow. this out to back then. Wow. And they all saw it too? Yes, absolutely. And nobody had an explanation for it. Wow. We saw little blue balls of light coming out of it. And like out of this side right here, there was like a laser beam came down to the earth. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. If I do say so So myself. how long was this thing like nightly? Like how did you for about two weeks. Two weeks. For about two weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. For about two weeks. Wow. For about two weeks. I, I showed it to my neighbors. My neighbors were like home from college. They were having a party. It was like really late at night, and like I heard them up, and I was outside looking at this thing. So I went over there and was like, "Hey guys, you want to see a UFO?" And I got like a whole bunch of kids at a party. Well, a college kids at a party to go outside and look at this. Wow. Too, but I mean, yeah, everybody I possibly could. I was trying to get to, to see this because it was out there for the whole world to see. I couldn't believe it. I wish I could have seen that. That's incredible. The first night where we saw all that crazy stuff all at once, any one of those things just by themselves was enough, you know, yeah. to have me, you know, a belief, to make me a believer. But hey, yeah, yeah. When you saw the Will of the Wisp, how far away from that do you think you were? I know it's hard to tell at night. People have asked me the same. No, thing. no. I mean, this was this was 
above the tree in our in our front lawn. So it was like thirty feet away from the from the porch. I would say. Oh, okay. Thirty or but between thirty and fifty feet. I haven't been there in like fifteen years. Sure. Yeah. It was somewhere. Let's but, say forty feet. Somewhere. That's close. It was very close. I we got a really really good look at all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's the will of the wisp was super cool. The little spaceship flying, the UFO, the or everything was just unbelievable. That's awesome. Now, after those two weeks, did any other weird stuff continue? Uh, as far as the UFOs and the orbs go, n- uh, not that UFO. I have seen other UFOs before, too, and before this as well. <laughs> but that sort of, uh, we'll call it a flap or whatever it was, just kind of ended after those two weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Her father died, so we had you know attention in other areas. Yeah. Did its leaving correspond with his death? Yeah, I think so, but um, you know, there's no way to to prove that really. Well, of course, or, yeah, there's no way to prove it, but it's an interesting yeah. note. It's just an interesting. Yes, note. Yeah. yes. As far as uh, liminal time periods go and stuff. Yeah, like that. that's yeah, the term, right? Liminal. Yeah. It's something that my co-author Josh would be very interested in, given his his most yeah. recent books on death. Yeah. Yeah, I love Josh. Josh is great. Would you like to hear about the metal bat over Dayton? Of course. Okay, so me and my ex were. She was a skateboarder. She wasn't very good. She was a poser. I was trying to show her some. I was trying to show her some tricks, you know, from my youth. So we were out skateboarding at like midnight in Dayton, Texas, and it is just super redneck. It's it's very very out there. In any case, we're skateboarding in the post office parking lot, and it's not a very big city, but it's got enough lights. We're like in the middle of the city there. It lights up the sky, so. In the distance, I see something just headed our way. It could be just like some balloons all stuck together and drifting, a, a loose you know, thing of balloons just coming our way. I'm just watching it kind of moving. You know, we're just skateboarding, chilling, hanging, whatever, talking. And as it gets closer, I'm, just, I'm sitting there and I'm just staring at it like, what the heck is this thing? It's moving. It's got motion to it. It's not just drifting. As it gets closer... And this is before drones. This is like 2009 or 2008. 2008. And as it gets closer, I have a clear – It's this is like 200, maybe 300 feet above my head. It's really, really – it's not high at all. It's very, very close to the earth. And it is a giant metal bat. That's like three and a half or four feet tall. And – the way it's flying, its wings are going too slow to keep its giant metal body afloat. Right. They are just, like, there for looks. And it is shambling, like, lumbering its way. Like, it, it's having a really uneasy time flying. It's literally just, like, shambling through the sky. I'm barely just making it, it looks like. It's ready to fall at any minute. And it goes, like, basically right over our heads. But I got a really, really good look at this thing. It looked like, I don't know if you ever played the video game Rygar on the NES, but there is a certain bat creature with really, really big, short wings. Like, they're really, like, long, but they don't, go, they don't extend out past further than its, like, short arms. And the way this bat flies is, like, very similar locomotion to that. That's what came to my mind. But it looked like Bubo the Owl from the first Clash of the Titans movie. Okay. That metal owl. Yeah. It was like built of the same like it looked like a like a robotic 
owl flying through the sky, but the way that it was moving its wings, it had no business being capable of flight. It was struggling really hard to stay up there. And wow. it just slowly, I mean, when I it just was creeping over the sky and just went right over heads and was gone. Now, when you said three or four feet tall, were you talking about the wingspan or, or the? No, that's the, about how tall. Yeah, that's about how tall the. It was tall. It was like, like the length like, of its uh, body. Like, yeah, the whole body was like three or four, like three and a half feet, you know, tall. Mm-hmm. What would you say the wingspan would be? Roughly, I know. Probably about three or four feet. Yeah, okay, the, the so arms about, were, were short. Of, they were short. They weren't. They weren't long. Yeah, yeah. And were they scalloped wings, like a bat's wings? Oh, I don't remember that part. Okay, I guess so. I think so. It's it's been a little bit, but sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was super incredible, and it's like I said, it was before drones or any of that stuff. So I have no way of explaining that. It was just super cool. Did it make any sounds? No, I didn't hear any sounds. Interesting. In my mind's eye, like I can almost like like feel like the wings and like hear hear their motion like in, in my mind, but like I, I don't remember hearing any sounds. Yeah. We're living at this house over here. I just moved back to this house that, we're, that I'm about to describe to you. So about like um, 2010, 2010 and 2011, when my ex was pregnant with my daughter, but we didn't know that she was pregnant yet. <laughs> Me and her, we got into a, a nasty fight that night. And I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I just wanted like, wanted to leave and go like sleep at a hotel or go sleep at my parents' house or something that night. So I was like, I'm going to get out of here. So. I went outside and I got in my car and I didn't really feel like going anywhere. I was like, I'll just sleep in my car and sleep it off, whatever, you know, and I'll get up in the morning and it'll be a bright new day. So I fell asleep in the car with like the windows open and stuff. And about 3.30 in the morning, I woke up out of nowhere with the feeling of being watched. I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherman. I'm a really good fisherman. I spend a lot of time out in the wild, on the forest, and I know that silence but, and, you know, the feeling of being watched. But this was – it woke me from my sleep. The feeling was so strong. And I immediately looked straight up into the sky because I was sitting in my car. I had the windows open and so whatever. And I looked straight up, and there is, you know, bed knobs and broomsticks, the bed from bed knobs and broomsticks? I don't. It's got the metal frame that kind of comes up around the sides of it. Kind of like an antique bed with a big metal bed frame with the big posts on the on the sides of it, like on the front. Okay. Okay. Well, if you look at like the the cover for the movie Bed Knobs and Broomsticks or whatever, as like you know the kids are flying around through the sky on on the bed and like they're at the front of the bed, like looking over the side of it or whatever. Well, what I see above me, I see a bed floating with balloons. Like balloons are holding the bed up, and that's what's keeping it in the sky. It's like a huge mass of balloons of like just different shapes. Like I, I couldn't really see what, what they were, what they were shaped like, but the bed was floating with balloons and there was two people or two two beings looking over the side of the craft at me. One of them like I, I could almost see their eyeballs or something from, from from down here. And again, this wasn't very high. This is like three or four hundred feet. It was a clear sky. Uh, I think the, the the moon was full. I could see a I could see a lot. I could have sworn I saw like their their eye shine, or like I could like see them blinking, like looking down at me. It was like one looks down and like blinks like that, and the other one looks over too, and they both look down. And then at that point, I hop out of my car because I'm like I'm I'm so wide awake. I'm just like 
I'm a ninja, like I said. So <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is what the heck. So I get out of the car and there's like a small, tiny little strip of like an awning that connects my back door to my garage. And so all I had to do was run under that and then I have a really good clear view from like my back patio area. So really quick, I just run right underneath that little awning and I, I look and this thing is now a bright green little fireball going out in the distance so far like into outer space. Wow. Like directly out from my line of sight. It just goes and it's just gone, bro. I had a terrible time with my ex that night. We had a really bad fight. You know, we didn't I was like, oh man, we're not gonna be together. This is terrible. I thought we were gonna break up and all this stuff. Man, I went inside and I was so excited. I woke her up. I was like, oh my God, you are not gonna believe the UFO <laughs> that I just saw. And she came outside and we we're looking for it, but you know, of course it's not there anymore or whatever. But wow. That was probably the craziest it has to be the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was eye to eye contact. As far as you could tell, did they look human or Yes, humanoid, <laughs> human esque, human esque. I don't remember them having any hair. Mm-hmm. I think that their their heads were bald and shiny or something. And I mean, as far as like that, yeah, it's like human shaped head, human shaped proportions. I only saw like their shoulders and like maybe like a little bit of their hands or something as they were like pointing at me or motioning at me or whatever. But wow, yeah, I don't know what I saw that night, but for some reason I don't really like consider it aliens or anything but it, it has all the hallmarks of aliens or yeah. whatever you know i could have just been abducted and they dropped me off <laughs> well yes yeah, but i was gonna say especially when you get into like some of the stranger aspects like some of these ufo places won't they're like the, the sasquatch people where they won't report the, the weird stuff a lot of the ufo places will dismiss yeah. that that weird stuff but there's a lot of cases where there's really really strange just weird stuff like that woven yeah. into it I'm not saying that's what it was, but I'm just saying it, it has that in common, you know, with, with these accounts where people just, you know, the report giant bunny rabbits in their lawn, you know, that are plaid colored or something, you know, just odd, you know, weird <laughs> things. I would say that the craziest thing that I have a hard time really wrapping my mind around was when I was like 17 or 18. And this happened for a series of nights. And I tried so hard to remember everything that was going on but everything still seems so fuzzy even after all these years and I think about it a lot and it doesn't make much sense for it to not be very clear in my mind I I know it doesn't make much sense but when I was like 17 or 18 I was sleeping with my window open Kingwood where I live is called the livable forest it's full of trees it's full of you know it used to be full of trees now they're you know it's all developed now, but I mean, it's still very, very, very foresty. In any case, I remember being a kid and riding through the green belt over there to get to school. It's just a, it's a, a little path through the woods. There was like this part of the woods by the creek there that was so thick and dense that we couldn't really get into it. And I remember there being a tree structure there, like right there. There was a kid there one time and he said he didn't build it. He said something else built it. And we were like, you know, kids, we were the cool kids. We were like, yeah, bull, dude, we see you out here making this thing, whatever. You know, you're out here doing this right now, you know. And we knew the other kids you know, around there, so we're saying their names. He's like, no, man, 
he was saying that, that he goes out there and messes with it, but he didn't build it. So take that with a grain of salt, and whenever, like, I'd ride through over there, I could hear, like, I was in these woods all the time when I was a kid. I'd hear, like, you know, laughing and, like, voices off to the side. And it's, like, in the thick part of the woods where nobody goes because you can't get back there. Still to this day, it's like, okay, it must have been just kids out there playing in the woods, mm-hmm. you know. But in any case, I was sleeping in my bedroom, and there's one street between me and the forest. There would be huge herds of deer, like 30, 40 deer. Well, maybe not that many deer, but giant, just humongous herds of deer that would make their way from the forest and come up into our lawns and eat all of our flowers and stuff out of our front lawns and you drive home and scare off all the deer and they all go running back into the forest over there. So I fell asleep this one night, just like any other night. And I woke up, I heard something. I heard like, like a, people say it's like a a woman crying, screaming, you know, in distressed voice or something like that. Mm -hmm. I heard something similar to that, like down like, cause I had two Siamese cats and they lived outside and like, I was always like, you know, watching over them, whatever. But so I was like, what is that sound? You know, like outside with my cats down there. And I went to go look and see what was making the sound. And all of a sudden there's like, like a dragon. I don't know how else to describe it. It was like as loud as like an airplane, like taking off or like a jet. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard. Just it just starts screaming at me. I heard the noise outside. I went to go look. I heard the scream. I had these huge pine trees in my front yard. I had a whole bunch of them. They're all cut down now for the most part. And then next to my house, there was like an empty plot where like they were going to build a house, but they didn't. So it was just like a, a small patch of forest. And so I heard this thing just, it wanted me to feel fear. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I knew that magic was real. I don't know how else to say it. I started praying. I wanted this thing to go away. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Let me back up real quick. So it starts screaming at me out my window and it blew me back. You know, holy cow. And then I hear another one on my roof right above my window. So there was two of them right there. And I could still hear more whoops going off in the distance because I could hear whoops like from my window. I could hear whoops in the distance. I had no idea what they were until like I grew up and started doing research. There was one screaming at me from the tree. There was one screaming at me from my roof. And there was several off in the distance making more sounds. The one out my window is so happy that it has my attention and that I'm just just petrified. I'm so paralyzed with fear. Like, I, I want to shut the window, but I, I don't want to get close to the window. This thing is right there. Its voice is so close to the window. And I, I, I'm worried about my cats. I want to look down and see if my cats are okay. And everything is black out there. It was night, but I should be able to see my street light. I should be able to see, like, the houses on the other side of the street, like, through my trees and stuff like that. I couldn't see anything. Hmm. I didn't want to keep looking for very long either because I was so close to the window at that point. I did get close to look to just to see if I could see my cats or anything. And everything was black out there. I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it was so close to the window that I couldn't see. I don't know, but it was pitch black. And this thing is delighted. I can tell, but it has a seething like sound to its voice. You know, like, like it's like, like it's really pleased with itself and I, i'm terrified i'm just like it just goes on forever but it's, it's screaming it's so loud and the one on my roof is making like like the chatter sounds not like like the male sounding chatter from uh the sierra sounds but like the woman sounding one that sounds like it's like a woman dying that's like oh my god and screaming like that mm-hmm. like the one on my the, up there it was Oh, my gosh. So there was that going on from the one on the roof. And then the one outside my window is the one that's, like, super, super happy that, like, I'm just 
terrified. And so I start to pray, and it's not working. It's like delighted that I'm trying desperately to get it to go away. And it's like almost like laughing and it seethed and, and that the weird like laugh that it was making at me, it felt like a laugh. It was like laughing, happy. I don't know how else to describe it. And so I hid on the other side of the bed and I just lay there on the floor listening to this stuff. And somehow I fell asleep. I would never allow myself to fall asleep in a situation like this. I am hardwired to be a fighter. I trained a lot of fighting my whole life, and I'm just geared to kill, defend myself and my family and stuff. But when this thing was out there, I was on high alert. I have a scientific mind, too. I'm a surgical technologist, a quasi-marine biologist. You know, I try to think with a very analytical, scientific approach to this stuff. So I'm trying to figure, like, what is this? You know, And I fell asleep. And I have no idea how I fell asleep. I woke up in the morning. It was daylight. My window was still open. And that really messed with me. That the window was still open. Had you shut it? No, I didn't. I wanted to. I wanted to get close enough to shut the window, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. What was the upsetting part about the window being open in the morning? Oh, because I I wanted to shut it. It's a... It just it terrified. Like it could have come in here and done anything to me that it wanted to at night while I was asleep. I didn't want to fall asleep. Right. I didn't mean to fall asleep. I couldn't. I was mad at myself for falling asleep. Like how the heck could I fall asleep during that? I, and I'm running through this all my mind. I asked my parents the next morning if they heard anything. I was like, Did you guys hear like a lion or something? No, they didn't hear anything. I asked my neighbors. They didn't hear anything either. What is that? So okay, yeah. You know, I've talked about it a number of times on the show. My whatever quote unquote abduction where I, I didn't leave my bed. But same kind of thing. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was so upset. I was literally more angry than I've ever been in my life. And I wanted to kill these things. And I fell asleep. Yeah. And I screamed. When I did wake up in the morning, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I got a loud voice when it needs to be loud. In a house filled with people. And... In the morning morning, that was like the early morning, you know, when I woke up from, from whenever that was. In the morning morning, I, I went upstairs. Not a person in the house heard me. Not one of the five or six people that lived upstairs heard me. And this wasn't a mansion. This was just like a normal 1970s built, you know, drywall between the rooms kind of house. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. It's like you're in a bubble or something. And other people can't hear it. The only reason I can think that they put you to sleep is... They'll get you while you're awake, but I think it might be easier to get to you while you're asleep. And they want you to sleep. That's the only thing I can think of. So the next night, I wanted to stay up and see if they came again. And I could hear them whoop. I could hear the whoops way off in the distance. And I could hear them moving through treetops in the distance in my forest way over there. I could hear uh, moving in the trees. I could hear the whoops. I could sense them coming closer. And this went on for a few weeks at least. But back to the second night, they came again and started yelling at me again. And this time, I shut the window. I was terrified, though. I was absolutely terrified, but I shut the window. And and I could still hear them out there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to fall asleep after I shut the window. I was trying to stay up, and I fell asleep again. That's crazy. Whether whether the window was was open or not, they made me fall asleep both times. Or I fell asleep both times, however it happened. I fell asleep both times even though I didn't want to, and I was fighting, not fall asleep. So 
I told my buddies at work and I told like people at school and stuff and nobody really believed me. Like, Oh yeah, you hear voices out in the woods. Oh, okay. Sure. Like, oh, seriously, man. And so I got some of my buddies from work to come over and try and hear this thing. And it came that night. We heard the whoops in the distance. There was uh, three people there. So we heard the whoops coming. I told them this is it. And then it, when it got to my house, it was screaming again. I could hear it. Tim, this is a pretty crazy story. I could hear it. One of my buddies fell to his knees crying, begging me to shut the window because it was so terrifying to him. Wow. And I was going, see, you hear this? I'm looking at the other guys, and I'm going like, do you, uh, do you see what's doing to him? Do you hear this? You know, and they're literally like, like the main guy I was trying to talk to, he was like, he was laughing. What? The dude was freaking laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? He goes, that's what you hear? And I go, yeah. And he just keeps laughing. And he's like, I'm going home. And that dude leaves with the other guy. I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to ask the other guy or anything. It looked like the other guy was in agreement. Like, neither of them heard anything, or they heard something else. Wow. But that the guy that was crying on his knees, begging me to shut the window, he definitely heard it. Yeah. Wow. That's all in my house, in my, like, private area. You yeah. know, it's... I'm not out in the woods. Did you ever talk to those people at work again about it this was like right when we graduated high school like senior year i definitely talked to the one guy who cried he definitely heard it he was wondering what it was and the other two guys i haven't i haven't talked to any of these guys really in years i kind of wanted to get in touch with them and find out if they you know what they recollect from this whole situation yeah um but no i, I haven't i haven't really spoken to so them. Not, not enough to like get any details to give you that night when they were there Mm-hmm. The window was open. Was it as loud as the initial night you heard it? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. It was like, man. Okay, so so like I just got into black metal around this time, mm-hmm. and I would ride through my forest over there. Like when I was a kid, I can be very loud too. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Whitney Houston "I Will Always Love You" at the top of her lungs, and I was oh, yeah. super loud. I just ride through the green belts, yelling at the top of my lungs. Or just you know, screaming whatever I want. I have a, I would make like little like beast animal noises and sounds like to myself. Like I had my own like animal language or something when I was a kid that I would talk to myself and I felt like nature could like understand what I had to say and stuff. So I would just like ride around or just like when I'm going to the green belt and I would I would yell and scream and then like when I started getting into black metal it was like I was yelling and screaming that stuff in the woods. And so like when that thing came to me that night and was screaming at me it was almost like trying to imitate like the way that I was trying to imitate the singer of emperor. If that makes any sense. Yes. Yes. This is what, there's one part in the demo for I am the black wizard that it's like the breakdown in the middle, right before he says how many wizards serve me with evil, or he asked the question or whatever. He does this really cool, like, like raspy growl, scream thing. And I used to love to try and like imitate that on my own or whatever. And it sounded like it was trying to do that back to me. And when I was, like, trying to pray it away, I think I even said out loud, or maybe just in my mind, I don't even remember, just like, what do you want? Or what do you want from me? And it conveyed to me with its voice 
die. Like, ah, really loud and happy. It was so happy to be telling me that. Jeez. So what did you think it was? Tim, I have no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea how to describe it to people. I think I said it was a banshee. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. But I had no idea what it was. It's like I said, until... I, I still love to get... Like, like, when I first got the internet, like, dial-up or whatever, I was always trying to look up, you know, anything paranormal, ghost, mm-hmm. any, anything having Loch Ness Monster, all my favorite stuff. I was, like, 19 or 20, something around there, when I first heard the Sierra sounds and I heard whoops, and it was like, oh, this is a Bigfoot. And I was like, oh, my... And I started telling my, my friends, like, it was a Bigfoot I heard outside of my window that night. It all makes sense now. It was a Bigfoot. But, you know... Now I'm not too sure. It could be just something that we associate with the phenomena. Of right, right. I don't know, but it was definitely something that people do associate with. Bigfoot. But it sounded like the Sierra sounds. It sounded a lot, but okay, okay. So the Sierra sounds. There's a lot of like really like like it sounds like a like monkey chatter, like the samurai and the monkey. It sounds like a monkey. Mm-hmm. This sounded more like language. A lot of the Sierra sounds does sound like language, like heavily like language. I get that, but this. It like excluded all like the monkey chitter chatter and was just giving me like a magic spell that I could hear and understand or something. Weird. Yeah. That is so wild. <laughs> How long did this go on for? Probably like two or three weeks. I told all my friends about it and other people, but I didn't tell my girlfriend because I didn't want her to think I was crazy. <laughs> now my wife knows all these stories and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, she's seen crazy stuff, too. And we've seen stuff together. So I'm fortunate to have Haley in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And did it just end one day? It just stopped happening? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. You never saw anything? I never saw anything associated with that. Yeah, I never saw a Bigfoot associated with that. Other weird stuff with that, like, okay, so my two Siamese cats, one was the daughter of the other one. I had them for, like, they're like 18 and 17 and they stay outside and this is like in that time period. And so I came home and the mom cat was very, very sociable. The other cat was very distant. It would always like, even to me and I was like their best friend, she would keep a little distance, like eight, 10 feet away from me all the time. And so I was petting her mom and I was talking to her, uh, the, the standoffish cat. And I was like, Oh yeah, come, you know, come over here. Let me pet you. Blah, blah, blah. blah. You know? And like she wasn't coming. And so for some reason, it's stupid of me. My wife gets mad at me for this, but for some reason, I started saying like, "Oh well, if you're not gonna come to me, cat, I guess it'd be fine if something just took you away from me." Oh. Something like that, like something from a movie, like some dumb line that somebody would say from a movie. Yeah. Like they could just take you and you just be gone forever, and since you don't love me, I don't care, or something, something really mean and awful like that. I said to the cat, and I never saw that cat again after that night. My goodness. Oh, man. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do or not, but it's certainly a chilling detail to go along with it. Wow. It really, really is. Do you want me to talk about more UFOs? Sure. Heck yeah. Or do you have more questions about this stuff? I mean... I can do anything. I could talk about it all night, but I just... It's so interesting to me, and it just checks so many boxes. That I just was like the falling asleep thing. The, the it just seems like it makes so much 
well, none of it makes sense, but it it checks boxes with other accounts. Let's put it that way. You know, I haven't heard your particular story before, but I've heard elements of this so much yeah. that it's just like, yeah, this like, yeah. That's why I get into your books so much, Tim. I start reading them, and I just become just engrossed. I just, yeah, it's I'm I'm on I'm reading uh, volume one for the second time right now. <laughs> oh, where the footprints then? Yeah, yeah. This would go in the book if I'd have heard the story before we were writing it. <laughs> I got it right here. Nice. Okay, so let's see here. I've seen a lot of UFOs, man. Nothing nearly as extravagant as the one I already told you about, but. I have seen UFOs with groups of people, which makes it pretty cool. We have the the Renaissance Festival here, and there is a a whip show, a flaming whip show, where they have a guy come out and he lights his whips on fire and does all sorts of cool whip tricks in the dark. And so everybody's seated in this giant stadium area to get ready to to watch this, and everybody's sitting there, and they just turn out the light. So all the lights goes down. And I just look straight up. And above our heads, like way up in the sky, it looks like there's a star. And it's like dancing around like if you had put, like you're frying something in, in a pan. And mm-hmm. it's just being moved around and bubbling around. And this star is just jumping around up in the sky up there. And me being loudmouth myself, I'm like, hey, everybody. There's a UFO up there. Everybody look. I'm touching people on the shoulder. Hey, look up there. Hey, guys, look. Everybody's getting everybody else's attention. And pretty soon the whole crowd, well, everybody around us, is looking up at this thing in amazement and wonder, trying to guess what it is. Wow. I'm you know, asking everybody, like, what is this? That's a UFO and stuff like that. But you know, that, that was a mass sighting, and nobody argued with me. No, nobody had anything else to say. And then, of course, like the, the, the fire whip show starts and everybody stops caring about the UFO and just starts watching the fire guy. Yeah, yeah. So I was driving down 59 to go towards Houston. We, like I said, we live about 30 miles north of Houston, so I was driving to downtown. And there are two major airports, like one's in downtown and one I just passed. Like I just got through Humble. And I see up ahead of me, it just looks like the weirdest little airplane, like pretty high up in the sky. There's a weird little airplane. It has like five points to it or something instead of like four. I'm like, what is going on here? Like this looks really weird. Like it's not even a plane or something. And then it it like stops. I'm driving my car, so I'm just – it's straight ahead of me. It like stops and starts like producing smoke. It it was a cloudless sky. There's not a cloud in the sky anywhere. It's clear as day everywhere. And this thing turns into a small cloud in the sky, just one tiny little odd-shaped cloud that once was a weird little plane thing that I was watching for a few miles, and then it just turns into a weird like cloud. In the whole, it was the only cloud in the whole entire sky. <laughs> now we live by NASA and stuff, so maybe it was a spaceship going off into outer space. I don't know. I've seen that before. This was different. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe that one can be written off, but yeah, I don't <laughs> it was know. Still yeah. very, it was very strange, man. It didn't look like a regular plane, and it just turned to a cloud sitting right there. It wasn't like, you know, um, exhaust disappearing into the atmosphere and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. This was a cloud hanging in the sky. Remember how I told you how the bed turned into a green fireball? 
It looked yeah. like, a, like a green fireball that, that went off into the distance. Yeah. Well, years before that, I was probably about like 18 or 19, I was driving, and I saw what looked like a bright green, like, firework, like a bottle, a big bottle rocket or something going up into the sky really slowly. So slowly, in fact, that I got out of my car. I stopped over here, uh, like in front of the, the middle school. There's a lot of traffic. And I stopped. And other cars stopped, too. And they saw it, too. And I got out of my car, and I'm watching this thing. And it's going up into the sky really slowly. And then all of a sudden, it does a complete 180 and goes, like, impossibly fast straight down to the earth in the distance and i saw a green flash on the horizon hmm. so again that could have been another rocket ship or a failed rocket launch <laughs> or something like that i don't know but i've not seen that but i've talked to people around here and there's a little town called seven valleys where people report I don't know if it's the same thing but that's the way they describe it the way you just described it a green light in the sky that comes down Real fast, and then lights up the fields and stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've taken multiple mm. reports of that. People who've lived there for their whole lives are like, oh, yeah, we everybody that lives here knows about this. They don't know what it is, but they're like, oh, yeah, we see it. We see it. So, yeah, I've taken multiple reports of that. And I go through there enough where I'm hoping one night I'll see it, but as of yet, I've not seen it. But they describe cool. it exactly like that. It's, it's like just a green light. It's, it'll be in the sky, and it'll shoot down to the ground. It lights up the field for a short time. That's pretty much what we saw. What, what I saw. And I, of course, I wanted to talk to the other people in the cars. You know, like, hey, did you see that? You know. But anyway. Anyways, I look like a metalhead. I look a little off-putting, so not everybody wants to like me. Like, run up, I, me in the middle I, of night. I understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> even, even my daughter's like, if I didn't know you. <laughs> she's my daughter the other day she's like, I didn't know you and I saw you somewhere I'm like yeah I know <laughs> that's right we can smell our own kind <laughs> there's this place called Dayton Lakes it's an old river bottom community it's not really part of Dayton Texas over here but it's like they built a community there like in the early 1900s it got flooded out by the Trinity River because it's in a flood zone over time this little community that they started to build has just faded back into the forest. So they had like carved out streets and paved roads, but most of those are just turned back into forest. Now you can still find little houses out there. There's actually a haunted house over there in Dayton. Lake. I don't know if it's still there, but it was, it was on some sort of a ghost chart, something at one point in time. So this place, Dayton lakes is, is really rural. It's really remote. You go out there to, uh, to fish and to catch snakes. Uh, I caught a hundred copperheads in three nights. Jeez, uh, over there. Yeah, yeah. I catch. A, I'm like I said. I catch a lot of snakes, and I, I do a lot of fishing and stuff like that. So, for what purpose are you catching copperheads? Just to catch them? Yeah, experience, experience, uh, just for fun. And we we feed them to our, our king snakes and stuff like. that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I worked at a pet store at the time. We would feed them to the snakes up there. You know, whatever. My boss didn't like like me bringing in you know venomous snakes into the store or whatever, but <laughs> I would do it anyways. But yeah, it, I, I remember at one point when I when I was a kid, I had. 33, I think it was 33 copperheads in my parents' bathtub upstairs, and they didn't know that I had them up there. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We had yeah. one come in the house one time. My mom was terrified of snakes. Terrified of snakes. I was talking on the phone, I remember, and I was in the kitchen, and she walked by, and after, right after she walked by, I saw this, this head shoot out from behind the oven. And What? 
I stood there then because I knew like if she saw it, she'd have had a heart attack. So I stood there <laughs> and I when she got out of the bathroom, I said, Mom, walk by me and keep walking down the hall. And she's like, What? I said, Don't just keep just walk by me. I'm here. It's okay. <laughs> Get in the other room and then I'll tell you. And she gets in the other room. I was like, There's a snake out there. She's like, What? So <laughs> This thing was in the we had the the floor vent heating and he had gotten in the in one of these floor vents or the baseboard vents rather and he had gotten in one of those and I couldn't tell what kind of snake it was and I'm trying to pry it out all of a sudden I smell that like skunky copperhead smell like they put off that kind of skunky smell and I was like Mm-mm. oh that's a that's a copperhead I scared my parents plenty of times I had snakes get loose in the house There's nothing venomous but yeah I had non venomous snakes get out all the time. <laughs> This is snake heaven over here. I mean, we, we live in, there's so many snakes around here. I've only heard one Bigfoot story from my town over here, Kingwood, Texas. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come on your show was, I guess, just to see if anybody else had has any other Bigfoot stories or any cool paranormal stories at all from, from my neck of the woods over here. But there's this gentleman who lived in Forest Cove, uh, which is like the river bottom over here in Kingwood. And so he and his wife were out camping on one of the islands out on the river over here. And this is just full of snakes. I mean, there are so many snakes around here. It is incredible. And at this particular time, what this gentleman was telling me was like he and his wife were having a hard time keeping snakes out of the boat. Like when they were like like in the water, the snakes would want to climb in the boat. Or Mm -hmm. when they're on a little island over there just trying to camp and sleep, these snakes were all over the place. And so... They're sitting there, and they heard footsteps, like, in the water. You know, the swish, swish, you know, somebody, like, trying to walk but not, like, make it too loud or, you know, trying to, like, mask the sound of their footsteps. Well, the guy said that he heard that, and he and his wife kept hearing that, and then he grabbed a light and ran over there real quick, and he heard the footsteps going out in the water and just disappear out in the water, and by the time he got there, he said he could barely see, like the silhouette of of something just going out there because it was it was so fast and so far. But he ran out there, and he could still like the water was still like moving from where the footsteps went. And you know, like when you step in really shallow water and it's muddy, and you can leave a footprint there for a second, but it's just gonna get washed away yeah. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. But like the footprints were just made. He said he could see all these footprints right there going out into the water. I was trying to play skeptic. I was like, yeah, it was probably just a. There's the guy out there, you know, swimming, trying to give you guys a hard time coming. The guy's like, no way, man. You know, because, like, we were out there to catch snakes that over in his neck of the woods because there were so many snakes out there. And he was like, man, nobody. He's like, not even me. I wouldn't go swimming in that water, you know. You know but there's so many snakes out there that night, and they're alligators. We have, like, 100, 150-pound alligator snapping turtles out here, Oof. you know. Uh, they're, yeah, they're huge. I mean, there's, there's water moccasins. I mean, there's just all this stuff that you don't want to mess with out there. And he was, he said that, that this guy or whatever it was, you know, it left big footprints and just went out into the water and was gone. Wow. I always liked that story, but, you know, I didn't like the guy very much, but I liked his story. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was kind of a jerk. He, uh, he fell off the boat trying to get his trot line and was trying to pick a fight with me and my friend because he said that, that we were rocking the boat, and that's why he fell over. And we're like, dude, we were just hunkered down. We weren't moving at all. But uh, some crazy, weird, old, drunk guy trying to, like, pick a fight with us. Let me go back to Dayton Lakes here. So I, I never really got to where I was going with that. It, it's Dude, this place is so remote. 
that old river bottom place. It's like you, you've got those like nine foot alligator gars in the water right there in the Trinity River. You know, like when River Monsters and those mm-hmm. other like fishing shows, yeah, they go to catch alligator gar and they come to Texas. Like, they come to like this stretch of the river over there, like between here and Livingston. It's, okay. it's crazy remote, and there are just huge, huge herds of deer and hog. I mean, just giant several hundred pound hogs just just barreling through the, the, the forest over here in the woods. The terrain out here is so thick. It is completely inhospitable. I mean, moving around here off the road, like through the brush where there's like creeks and like weird little, I mean, like Texas is really flat. It's incredibly flat. Over here, like in, in the river bottom, like the Trinity River, like the Trinity is a very shallow, fast-moving river. It's all mud. But it's got huge wide banks because it's just a giant flood river. Whenever it floods, it just rages really, really hard around here. It, that's why, but like, like my my city, Kingwood, beautiful city, it gets flooded all the time. We're always fighting the floods. So over here in Dayton Lakes, uh, it's super remote. We're going out there to catch all these snakes, and I catch giant bullfrogs and stuff like that. Catch fish, and we get out of the car. It's just like long, empty, just roads like stretching into in the middle of nowhere, seemingly. And you just get out of the car and just enjoy. I mean, you can hear just humongous hogs running through the forest. You, you see them just like parade in front of your car, just an endless parade of, of hogs just running. <laughs> so like, you know the sounds of hogs. You can tell the sounds of hogs running and deer out there. There's just deer and hogs everywhere around Texas over here. Again, like when we're out there, this is the kind of place that like, you just see a UFO at rain. You just like look up and be like, "Oh, hey, there's a freaking UFO right there!" Like a frying pan, like a, like something uh, boiling on grease and it's hopping around. Like the star jumping around. Where mm-hmm. I tell you, it was like with a group of people or whatever. Like I've seen that thing probably like three or four times in my life. Hmm. And so this particular night that I'm getting to, me and my ex were like outside of the car, and it was like, "Oh, hey, look, there's a UFO right above our heads." And it was super quiet out there that night. And like I know silence in the woods and all that stuff. But we were listening, and I was trying to listen because there was something out in the out in the brush. You can't walk out there like like in the daytime when it's daylight. I can't even there's there's a barbed wire fence and this is like thick brush and stuff. I can't even walk over. I want to go see what's over there. I, I want to go exploring, mm-hmm. but everything on the side of this road over here is just so thick, and it's just so dangerous. It's just like creek after creek after creek, seemingly just like flood like little zones. It's mm-hmm. full of thorn briars, and it's, it's impossible to train them to move through. Um, and so you can hear the hogs, you can hear the deer when they do this. So me and, me and my ex were, were out there, and we'd seen the UFO, and we were just chilling out there. And we could hear something, like in the woods. And when we got in the car, and we drive, because we drive with the windows down, you know, enjoying the night, driving slow, looking for snakes, all that stuff. And I could hear it following us through the brush, off to the side. And we kept getting out of the car, and I'm like, what is, what is this in the woods? Because the roads aren't really wide enough to turn your car to face over there. But I, I would turn my best. I, I, I spent, I forget how much money, like 100 bucks or something on some fancy headlights uh, because I, you know, I was catching snakes with the headlights and whatever. So I want a good headlight. So like, I turned my car so I could see in the woods several times the best I could. I didn't see anything, but as, as we drive around, you could hear it following us. And so finally – we got out and we were like listening and I'm like, it's not a hog. You know, it was big. There's something big moving through the woods and crashing and moving stuff. And so me and her, we go and we get back in the car and we were just sitting there talking. I don't even know what we were doing. We we're talking about something. And my bumper 
just got smashed by something. It felt and sounded like something just hit hit me really hard. And we gunned it because we were already like kind of like, oh, my gosh, what is this out here in the mm-hmm. woods? And we just saw UFO and all this stuff. And I gunned it. And we hauled ass out of there. Your back bumper. Yes, yeah. yes, the back bumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back bumper. Yeah. And so when we got out to check it, we couldn't see if any damage was done because I was in a hit and run. Somebody smashed me from behind, and I had my bumper temporarily fixed. It was all smashed. It was held together with zip ties and Gorilla Glue. <laughs> Okay, and so like, I couldn't tell if there was any extra damage done to the back of my car after that, but it was very loud and it was very real. My grandpa is an old Mexican farmer. We have like 400 acres down like on the on the border of like Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so my, my grandpa was a cattle farmer and he said that – actually my mom remembers this. There was a big like bird attacking one of the cows and my grandpa shot it and ate it. And they said it didn't look like a regular bird. My mom said it looked like a bat. Whoa. My mom has a bat story. I meant to ask my mom about her bad story, you know? We can catch it another time for one of the short story shows. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But he he ate it? He ate it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The story was it was some big, weird, crazy bird that no one had ever seen, and it was attacking one of the cows. It was on it and pegging at it or something, and my grandpa shot it and ate it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Back when men were men. Yeah. Just kill it and eat it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Me and my wife, Haley, when we were living at our the other house that we just moved from, is another time. So me and her had a, a really bad fight that night, an argument about something. I forgot exactly what at this point, but <laughs> I remember I slept on the couch that night. <laughs> so I was sleeping on the couch, and I was sitting there, and I was rolling over, and like I was having this like really bad dreams. It's about about the fight that me and her had. It was like extra, extra details of the dream that didn't that weren't even real, but it was like a nightmare. It was like making me mad, and I, I woke up and I was upset. You know, I was like, oh man, that stuff didn't really happen. You know, like no, nah, blah blah blah. And like I kept hearing the cabinets in the hallway bathroom opening and closing and stuff, and I heard the bedroom door, the ma- the master bedroom opening and. Then Someone rifling through the cabinets in the mas- in the, the, the hallway bathroom and then going back in the master bedroom and doing this like three times, going in and out and doing stuff. I could have sworn I heard a voice in my head trying to get me to be displeased with my wife. Hmm. And it was pissing me off. Like I, I wasn't hearing like, – it was a dream. I woke up from a dream, you know, and I, I was literally like – continuing an argument with my wife that wasn't even real at that point and i was like oh, i was all mad and i woke up and i was like still like like hearing i was going through like the voice in my head and it was like tell me like to hate my wife and i was like no and i was like arguing with my like fighting this stupid dream i had and i was like Ur. and that's when i was hearing this weird ghost that whatever the cabinet's being rifled through and whatever and so i woke up i got off the couch and i went and i opened up the master bedroom door to see if my wife was awake 
and my son, because he was like less than a year old, and they're both just sound asleep. I'm like, what the hell? And so in the morning, I asked my wife about it, and she said she thought it was me hmm. going through the cabinets and opening the door. And she was like, I remember you opening the bedroom door and whatever. And I was like, I opened the bedroom door to see if it was you that was making all the noise. I wasn't opening the bedroom door first. You know, that was after everything. So that was incredibly weird. Yeah. I'd rather leave the part off about having arguments with my significant others. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is what it is. Have you ever heard of phantom kangaroos? I mean, I've heard of people seeing kangaroos and they've, people have actually reported them in Maryland. I know that Yeah, a lot yeah. of people say they're escaped pets, but it's just nobody's missing a kangaroo, right? Yeah. So around that time that I heard the Sierra sounds for the first time and I was like, oh my God, that's what I heard. It was a freaking Bigfoot. So I was driving to my friend's apartment that night to go... I think I, I'm pretty sure this was the same night that I was going to go tell them about the Sierra sounds and that I'd heard a big, that's what, that's what I'd heard those years before. And I was driving out there and I was hauling ass. I had Camaro at the time. I was doing like probably like 85 or 90. I was going really, really fast. They were doing like construction on this part of the highway over there where they were like building a bridge off to the right. So I just like driven through that and I was going really fast. I was like the only car on the highway and I'm driving like in the middle of Humble. This is a city and I'm literally, like, right in front of the airport, the big airport around here in Houston, or one of the two big airports. And really quick, off to my side, Tim, this is all so fast. Like I said, I'm doing, like, 85 miles an hour, and it's dark out. But it's the middle of the city, you know, it's, it's lit up over here, you know. And to my side, I, just real quick, like, three or four hops worth, there's, like, an orange kangaroo with glowing red eyes or orange eyes Wow. Hopping next to me and looking at me and it hops over the guardrail thing for where they're building this underpass. It's like the construction where they're I'm just driving and it's like concrete jungle right here. And all of a sudden there's a ghost kangaroo jumping and hops over the guardrail. Wow. Now when you say orange like unnaturally orange or just that kind of brown orange fur color? No, this thing was like a ghost from Scooby Doo. The outline of it was shiny. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, like like a ghost from Scooby Doo. Like, remember that there's like an orange, like radiation ghost or something that yeah, had like yeah. whatever, yeah, something like that. But huh. I remember the eyes, the eyes. I mean, this thing looked at me in my eyes as I'm driving real fast, and I get to my friend's house and I'm telling them I just saw a freaking kangaroo, and they're all laughing at me and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got home, I looked up. I was like, I forgot exactly what I looked up, but I saw that. Phantom kangaroos were a thing. Like, I think when you were talking about Maryland, I think that two police officers, or maybe Chicago, that were called, you know, to check out a kangaroo or something, and they were trying to chase it. And then the kangaroo, they, they had it cornered in an alley, and the kangaroo, like, jumped over some, like, impossibly high, like, wall that was on the other side of them and got away or something. Mm -hmm. But that story seemed like it was very similar to what I saw. What color were the eyes? You said they were glowing. What color? They were they were a reddish orange. They, they were okay, like like fire. Mm -hmm. Wow. When I was a a little kid, I think I remember I remember like my first dreams, like when I was like still in my crib when I was just like a little bit. I, I have a pretty good memory of stuff from when I was a child, and I remember being in my crib and like the lights in my closet would turn off and on by itself, sitting there at it, and then you remember uh, those old Jack in the Boxes. 
that uh, that play Pop Goes the Weasel, as he was like, so I had one of those, and that was on the other side of the room with my toys. Like I was like, you know, where my crib was near the near the door, so my parents could hear me and see me and stuff. To the side of my crib, I remember this. The light went out in my closet, but like it was still kind of lit up in there from the window. Like to the side of my crib, here comes up real slowly the head of my Jack in the Box, but it's not the same. Now it's like green. And has like moldy looking skin and really beady dark eyes. It's hairy. I remember that. And it had a weird like pointy hat because that's the way my jack in the box. And this thing was staring at me, looking me up and down from the bottoms of my tiny little baby feet and toes up to me up here. And I'm, man, I stared at this thing in the eyes for a long time trying to figure out what it wanted and then it took me a long time to figure out that it's not my friend and this thing is the way it was looking at me sizing me up it scared me Mm. and I woke up and I asked my mom about it and she was like oh you're just having a dream you were just having a nightmare I told her I was such a little kid but I said I've had dreams before this wasn't a dream Hmm. And I know it wasn't a dream. It was real. Anytime kids are involved, it's so creepy. Like, what's it doing? What does it want? And why is it doing it? You know, why is it bugging a kid? Yeah. When I read your books, I have a hard time with that story because it goes so many different places. You know, it's mm-hmm. got a lot of fey elements to it even. Yep. And a weird little top hat, you know. Like, it had the pointy hat that, that the, my jack-in-the-box has. But I remember, like, the face looked different, so... Maybe it just wanted to look like my Jack in the Box. Yeah, and got something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like that's the thing with this. Like, it, they can't quite get it right. I had nightmares before that, too. I had dreams. I had good dreams. And I remember having nightmares, too, where I was walking into this dark field, like the baseball fields, and have, you have the, uh, the metal fence on the side. And when I got to the gate and I opened it up, this is impossibly huge, like, set of jaws came out from the darkness and just swallowed me whole. And like that was like around at the same time, but I mean that's just a nightmare. When me and my wife first started dating, this was in 2013. You know, I told her about you know the stuff I've all the different paranormal stuff that I've encountered. So she wanted to go into the woods because my parents were out of town and they wanted me to house it for them and you know go take care of their dogs and stuff. So we saw by my parents' house that night, and it was of course right by the woods over there. Yeah, let's go take a you know, walk in the woods where you know I've told you all these stories are from. And so we walked in there, and onto the green belt. It's like I said, this is a city, you know, but the woods here are very thick, and they connect to you know uh, all sorts of different nature reserves and stuff around here. So we walked out there, and you know we're just in, we're not expecting anything. We're just having a romantic night, you know. We literally, had, you know, we've been dating for like two months. You know, we're doing great. So we're walking out there. At this part, when you I mean, this is like maybe 100 yards at most when you first walk into the green belt and go to the woods there. And there's a little creek that you can't see that I know is there because I used to go back there and feed the fish. It was my creek. I'd go back there and feed the fish every day, all the little animals in the creek, and take care of them like it was my own natural aquarium outside. Mm-hmm. And so from the creek over there, where I know the little bend is and everything, I hear something over there, 
and I'm telling my, my wife, you know, this is before we got married, but I'm telling her like, yeah, you know, that could be it. You know, this, it could be, you know, this could be it right here, right now. You know, I'm getting around and she's all getting nervous and excited. Well, this thing takes slow, plodding, heavy footsteps right up to us. And there's leaf litter everywhere. I mean, this is like December. And so everything, everything's starting to fall from the trees. There's leaf litter everywhere. We can hear sticks crunching. I mean, I know this terrain like the back of my hand. You know, I know what's out there. But it's super dark. It, these woods are pitch black. It's crazy dark. They're really thick woods. And so these footsteps come right up to us. And she's kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm putting on this front. I didn't have a gun on me that night, but I said I did. Mm -hmm. I was telling, if this was a person out there, you're about to get lit up, man. I'm going to beat you down, and I'm gonna, I got a gun on me too, man. You better not come any closer. You know, stay the hell away, you know, right there. I mean, it was, it was so close. You could hear it moving, like, on the other side of this tree. I mean, the tree is just, like, four feet away from us. And it's just like like less than ten feet away from us in the in the brush and the scrub and stuff. It's right there. I'm in full aggression mode here at this point. You know, I'm like I'm sounding really pissed off, you know, and like I've got a gun, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start blasting this woods, man. I'm saying all sorts of stuff to try. If it was a human, they would not have walked up. You know? Mm-hmm. I know the sounds of all this stuff around here. Like my bedroom window, I have all these pine trees outside my window. There's always squirrels and raccoons and opossums. Like, in my trees, they're on my roof. I hear them chasing each other around. There's a forest right next to my house. When I'm sleeping in my bedroom, I hear all this stuff. I'm well attuned to all those sounds of the woods, rabbits, deer, you name it. You know, this was plodding, heavy footsteps. It was trying to get me to threaten it. Like, it liked me threatening it. It Hmm. liked me telling it, like, stay the hell away. I'll freaking shoot you. I mean, I'll kick your ass, you know, whatever, you know, like, I was very, you know, let's go, you know, like, and uh, it never showed itself. My wife's, like, pulling at me, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, and I'm like, yeah, you know, all right, let's go, and we backed out, and, you know, I walked backwards, (laughs) I walked backwards out of the woods, pretty much. We had our little phone lights, phone camera lights and whatever, Mm -hmm. couldn't see anything. I think my phone, uh, I I wasn't able to record at the time, I had low memory or something dumb like that, so I, I didn't have any room to record, so I was just using, like, my flashlight on my phone. But it's not like I would have seen anything. Maybe I would have heard like some steps in the in the woods or something. But yeah, this was definitely there, and I know what it was. I'm pretty sure I know what it was. You know, in any case, because uh, nobody in their right mind would come up to me like that. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Not in those woods. Not like that. No way. But you never saw anything. I never saw anything. No. Yeah. See, that's. I mean, again, you know, Chad and I were at that place called Gazoo's Woods, and yep. we could hear stuff walking right up to us, and we flipped the headlamps on. Nothing. Nothing. And those woods are, like, manicured. You know, there's no brush. They're nice and open. And, I mean, I don't know how it does it, but it does, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get to the bottom of that one day. <laughs> I don't know if we ever will, but I, yeah, that was another thing that completely blew my mind. You hear about them, you know, moving around and you not being able to see them and whatever, but, you know, it really did happen to me. 
I just sound like I went to the other side of the tree and looked. I guess I could have tried to do that, but my wife was pulling at my arm, and I don't think she really wanted me to do that or anything. But it just felt like it would, would have been a bad move, you know? Like, I kind of yeah. know my limits. Yeah. You know, so I try and keep that that ninja sense attuned when I'm out <laughs> in the woods and doing stuff. A lot of people claim they'd run right, right at it, but uh, it's a different story when it's happening. Yeah. Different story. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wanted to, believe me. So I grew up, there's a big pond behind my house uh, where I grew up in Forest Cove. It's the other part of Kingwood. It's this giant pond and a big forest around the side over there. There was actually a, uh, not, not a zoo, like a wildlife theme park mm-hmm. on the other side, the other side of the highway right there, like the side of the river. And But that side floods really, really, really bad. So they built stuff there, like initially, like in like the 50s and 60s, but mostly it got flooded out. And it's just like nowadays, they're trying to rebuild over there again. But back then they had built like a big wildlife sanctuary park and it got flooded out and all the animals escaped. We had like monkeys and zebras and elephants and all sorts of crazy shit, I think. From, from what I remember, all this, all these weird different animals got loose. I heard a lot of people like saw monkeys and gorillas and stuff like that. And I always wondered if maybe they were just seeing, you know, something else and just attributing it towards uh, mm-hmm. that wildlife park. Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, I thought I saw a big guy noodling for fish, you know, catching fish with, with his bare hands out there in the lake. Mm-hmm. And it could have been just a big guy out there, you know, uh, noodling for fish and catching. Me and my buddy were like, who is that? What is that? And Like, we, we thought it was Arn Anderson. You remember that old wrestler? Yeah, yeah. We thought it was Arn Anderson with long hair. Huh. I meant to ask my brother about that because he's older than me, and maybe he would like have more pieces of that puzzle for me. Yeah, maybe next time when we have a short story clip or whatever, you know, I'll have more on that story for you. But I think I saw Arn Anderson with long hair and noodling in the water one day. Wow. I, I mean, you know, could have been, but yeah. Given, <laughs> given everything else, you know, these things start to add up. Mark. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Hopefully we can get back with you again and catch some of your mom's stories. Please do. Love to be back on your show again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Why, this here is a tin type, Allison. Yes. I got some trivia for you. <laughs> They're not really made on tin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that one is, however, it's the it's random the, the one, only that one actually that's actually was. a tin type. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's a ferrotype. It's made on thin iron plate. Why don't more of these rust? They do rust. <laughs> I've seen some that rust, but why aren't more of them rust? They're lacquered. They're lacquered. Okay. That's part of it. Most people don't submerge them in water. So this is a uh, it's a tintype photo of uh, two ladies, yeah, two fancy ladies for Valentine's Day. Is that what they call it? Valentine's Day That's... instead of Valentine's Day if you're just celebrating with a gal pal of yours. Now, does she have a, a, an implement to make her hips look bigger, like one of those things they put in there? Is it just your county me? <laughs> <laughs> I have the same implement. A bustle or something of, of the... I, I, it's past the bustle era, I believe, but she probably has some form of a, of a corset or something on that's giving that wasp waist appearance. People just so skinny. Mm-hmm. Just so little. Yeah, they were probably only about four foot five. <laughs> no, she's just tight. Like, her waist is like 
five inches around. Yeah, because they were probably about <laughs> four foot five and suffering from malnutrition. Yeah, that's true. There's, she's probably hiding a bunch of rickets under there. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a tintype for the Curiosity of the Week for a while. No, this is nice because they're both wearing fancy hats. Yeah. So any for all you milliners out there. <laughs> Wow, we're we're hitting that <laughs> the lucrative millionaire <laughs> demographic um, <laughs> of people who like old photos and fancy hats. Yes, I would hazard to say it's most of our audience. Well, I'll put an image of this in the show notes at strangefamiliars dot com under this episode. If you click on that, it'll shoot you over to our Etsy shop. Not literally, it'll slingshot you over there. Yeah. Where you can check it out, you can purchase that or other curiosities of the week, those that are left. While you're there, make sure to check out my books. If you get them from us on Etsy, they come signed. We have artwork up there, original Zen prints, Strange Familiars t-shirts, original classic blue and glow-in-the-dark. Allison has other antique photographs up there and more. Go ahead and check it out. Our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars... You'll see our stuff come up in the Etsy search. Speaking of t-shirts, I'm making Flowered Path t-shirts. I know some of the Strange Familiars people said that they liked the Flowered Path logo and they would like that on a t-shirt. I'm only making a few, so... This is a pre-order situation? Um, I already put the order in. Oh, okay. Um, so if you want to reserve one, Maybe contact me, and you can do that. Otherwise, I'll put them probably up on Etsy as soon as we get them. And I think that's all I have to speak about tonight, Allison. I guess that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. The Strange Familiars Gathering Group is there as well. You can join that and share weird stories with other weirdos like us. I include me in that. I think you should. Under that weirdo (laughs) umbrella. That's not an insult. I don't even know if your weirdness can be contained by an umbrella. (laughs) You've got a real, like, Totoro kind of moment there. (laughs) And uh, what else do we have? We're on Instagram, at Strange Familiars, and we have a website. It's strangefamiliars.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.